Assalamu alaikum everybody, I hope you guys are absolutely amazing, doing really well and in the best of health. Hope you've had an absolutely amazing and productive June so far. I always like this time of year because we're kind of coming into another half of the year. Like We don't tend to make resolutions and goals and stuff in the middle of the year, but I think it's a good idea to. So we're coming to the end of June. Um, so as we come into July, we're coming to the second half of 2021. So inshallah, set some goals for your Arabic language learning journey and uh, let's get them done. So what I'm just doing this little introduction for for you guys is just to let you know what's going on here on the podcast and on the YouTube channel and stuff as well, just so you guys are in the loop and you can get the most out of the free content that I'm putting out there. So um, at the moment, what we're doing is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is we're doing um, live streams. Um, on the YouTube channel, Arabic in 60 Steps YouTube channel. I'll leave a link to it in the show notes below, or you can just search Arabic in 60 Steps on YouTube and find us. And um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. UK time, I'm doing a live lesson, um, you know, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So the format that it generally takes is we start at about half past five, as I say. Um, we'll wait about five minutes for people to join. And then I'll deliver a lesson. Um, the last two lessons that we did are on Form 10 verbs, so verbs that are on the istifala pattern. And um, so I'll deliver a lesson for maybe 15 or 20 minutes and then we'll open up for just completely open Q&A at the end. So anything you want to ask at all about learning Arabic, about learning languages in general, about any kind of advice, anything at all you want to talk to me about, then we have that. We have some time open for that at the end as well. So if you want to enjoy this here on the podcast, then what I'll be doing is I'll just be taking that audio and repurposing it and putting it here on the podcast so you guys can enjoy it because um, I don't want you guys to miss out on it. I love you guys and I appreciate you guys so much how you support this platform and you support the work that I do. So, um, you know, we've really we've nearly reached this milestone of um, of 320,000 downloads here on the podcast. So I need to thank all of you for that, um, for sharing this podcast, for telling your friends about it, for writing to me and tell me how much you appreciate it and stuff like it's it truly means the world to me. So I just want to take a second to thank you all for being part of it and, um, you know, for listening to the content that I put out there. So um, without further ado. We'll get into it, inshallah. So a lot of the coming episodes that we'll have here on the podcast will just be repurposing of the live videos that we do on um, uh, the... Uh, uh, Eunice has just come in. Eunice, you okay? Okay, Eunice, just give daddy a second. Okay, sorry, that's my youngest son. Right, I've got to go, but enjoy the episode. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum, everybody who's joining this, who's watching the replay afterwards, and a very warm welcome to the Arabic in 60 Steps YouTube channel. Hope you guys are well. So in this little live stream, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about Form 10 verbs. And what that means are verbs that are on the istifala pattern. Istifala in the Maldi or in the past. Yastifilu in the present tense. And the istifal pattern in the mustard or the noun. So in this particular video, we'll talk about five examples. I'm going to do five today and I'll do five in a live stream tomorrow. And there'll be five that are used in the Quran. Um, they're very useful. And um, some of them you maybe even use regularly in your even if you don't speak Arabic, like just as a Muslim, you might use them in your normal language and you may not appreciate where they come from. So maybe we'll start by talking a little bit about what Form 10 verbs are and what they generally mean. So like, firstly, is that they're usually to do with seeking something. You know, so for example, we'd have like a Form 1 verb, like nasara, for example, to help. So the verb istansara would be to seek help, right? Or, you know, there's, you know, the, the, the verb like ghafara or ghafara le, whatever, is to, is to forgive. But um, but the verb istighfara, yastighfiru, istighfar is the word to seek forgiveness, right? That's kind of one use of it. Another one is to consider something another way. So, you know, we might have the root letters to do with something being far away. And so we get the adjective ba'idun, meaning far away. So we have the form 10 verb istabada, which means to consider something far away, right? Like that's, 
that those are kind of two of the most common meanings of a Form 10 verb, to consider something a certain way or to be seeking a certain thing. So on to the first example then. The first verb that I want to talk to you guys about is the verb isteslema. What are the root letters? Okay, what are the root letters? The root letters are from the verb selima in the form one, which means to kind of to have peace or to be peaceful or something like that. Hence, where we get the word for peace itself, the word selam. And um, the form 10 on the other end of the scale, typically we learn about verbs from form one to form 10. But, um, but there are forms above that, actually, but they're not in kind of the main scope of Arabic grammar that we normally teach, certainly to beginners. Um, but the form 10 is isteslema. So what would it mean to seek peace? We end up with this meaning to surrender, right? We end up with the meaning of surrender from that. And, uh, you know, interestingly, I remember watching that. We've got this show here in the UK. I don't even know if it's still on, but it's called Big Questions. On, it used to be on on Sundays. I don't know if it still is. but And they talk about things, you know, religion and politics and whatever else is kind of controversial at the time. And we have these two kind of um, individuals who are known in the public sphere in the Muslim community. N neither of them are representatives of the Muslim community, but they're kind of on two extremes. We had like someone called Majid Nawaz um, here in the UK, who's like an ultra-liberal, like w like real extremist on the term on the side of being a liberal, right? And then we had Anjan Chowdhury, who's like on the real extreme of um, you know the other extreme. And it was interesting hearing them both talk about the origins of the word Islam. Because they had very, very indicative understandings of the word Islam, because the word Islam is actually from the form four, from the verb Islama, which means to, to submit peacefully to Allah, right, or to become a Muslim, it kind of has that, like has that meaning now. Like if you were to say you've become a Muslim, you can use the verb Islama. You can say Islamtu Mundu Senataini, for example, I became a Muslim two years ago, right, or whatever you wanted to say. So it's in the form four, right, that's actually what it is. So it's actually in the middle of these two extremes. That's the, the truth is that the word Islam comes from the middle of these two extremes. But we had Majid Nawaz on one extreme, on the very liberal extreme, saying that Islam comes from the verb Selima, to be peaceful. Islam means peace, right? You hear this very kind of re reductionist um, understanding of Islam from some people. But then on the other extreme, you had Anjam Chowdhury saying Islam comes from Isteslema, which means to surrender, right? It's all just about surrender entirely. And both of them have bits of truth in them, right? But, you know, as is the beautiful thing with Islam, is that Islam is actually the middle of them of those two extremes and I thought it was quite interesting watching that little conversation unfold but uh, but anyway so we have the verb isteslema yesteslimu and um, a, an example of this I always give especially my students who are children is um, if you watch the movie Kung Fu Panda in Arabic um, so they have the, the character who is Poe right but they, the label they call him is the dragon warrior they call him a tenin al muqatil and there's this line in it where Poe says a tenin al muqatil la yesteslim he says that the dragon warrior, la yesteslim, he, he does not surrender, he does not give up, right? So the verb isteslema is, um, means to surrender, or we, we get that meaning um, to, to seek peace. But sometimes you seek peace through, through, through surrendering, right? Like by surrendering is, is how you end up with your peace, right? If you're in a situation where there's conflict, a way to seek the peace would be to surrender. The next example I wanted to give you, so verb number two, is... Um, um, yeah, it's from, it's from the verb istata'ama, so many of you maybe know the word ta'am, meaning food, or maybe you've been to a mata'am, a restaurant, right, plural of which is mata'am, um, or even you maybe even heard the verb ata'ama, which means to feed something else, right, the verb ta'ama on its own means to kind of, to feed yourself, but ata'ama means to feed somebody else, or to feed an animal or something, you can use the word ata'ama for that, but istata'ama, what would it mean? 
It means to seek food, right? Or to ask for food, right? There's this um, ayah in, um, in Surah Al-Kahf when there's um, Khidr and uh, Musa alayhi salam. And um, oh, what's the ayah? فَانْتَلَقَ حَتَّى فَانْتَلَقَ حَتَّى or something like that. It's it, it's it's some of that wording. I can't remember the exact wording of it, but um, it's in sort of Tkaf in that story. Um, if any of you guys find it, put it in the put it in the description, put it in the comments for me, please, inshallah, just for the benefit of other students. Um, it's about um, Musa alayhi and Khidr. They go to a village, a qarya, and they istata'ama, and you'll notice that there's a long elif on the end. Istata'ama. I think it's Ayah 77 on top of my head because I did check it the other day, but. Um, so it's later on during the story of Khidr. But, um, but you'll notice that this long elif on the end, so it's, that's a good passage for learning the dual in Arabic, actually. Like, I, I, I always kind of tend to um, direct students towards Surah Al-Rahman when they're learning the dual, um, because there's tons of them. Like, like almost every ayah in that whole surah is like, an, an, for everything, yes, Judan, etc., right? But, um, yeah, my student, Juan, he brought, brought my attention to the fact that in that story of, um, of Khidr, there's, um, there's loads of duels because it's Musa and Khidr who are, uh, you know, who are going through the story together. So there's loads of duels to talk about the two of them. So that's where we get the word um, istata'ama from them, seeking food or requesting food. Really nice. The next example is one which um, I had, ne I, until the other day, until I was, I was teaching this to, um, to Rashid and Asim, two of my students on the exclusive program, I had never actually thought about the word istikhara before, when we pray Salatul Istikhara, I'd never actually thought about the word Istikhara before, but 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 my student Asim had brought it up and said, well, what does it mean? What what verb form pattern is it in? And stuff like this, right? And what are actually its root letters? Like, we use the word Istikhara all the time. Like, usually when someone's going to make a big decision or someone's thinking of getting married to a certain individual or something. But, um, and we just kind of use it, right? Like, so often us Muslims who aren't, who aren't Arabs, we, we use so many of these sort of Islamic terms you know, Alhamdulillah, Subhanallah, Jazakallahu Khairan, etc. Right, and uh, maybe don't actually understand the, um, the the language root of it. But so istikhara, istikhara. When you when you pray salatul istikharati, so the verb would be istikhara, present tense yastakhiru, and then the mustar istikharaton is what it would be. So I'll, I'll talk you through how we form it first and foremost, because that's actually a hollow verb. Right, it's a fi'l ajwaf because there's an elif in the middle, and um, you know the good news is that dealing with hollow verbs and final final weak verbs is that in the derived forms they're way easier, right? Like how the vowels behave are dictated by the, just by just by the pattern of them. Like as as in the present tense would be expecting yastafilu. There's a kasra on the ayn letter yastafilu, right? So when you get to istikhara, you end up with yastakhiru, right? That kasra on the ayn letter kind of dictates that. Um, you know, in, in any of these, um, you know, in any of these sort of um, um, hollow verbs in the form 10, whether it be istiqama, it would be yastaqimu. If it be istaana, yastainu. This elif will always become a yeah in the present tense, just because of how the, the pattern dictates how the vowels end up manifesting themselves. So anyway, that's how we, that's how we get with, um, that's how we get our um, verb. Istakhara yastakhiru. So if you have a look at that bit on the end, this khiru, this kha, yeah, and ra. What are the words do you know in Arabic that have those that have those letters, or even only those letters? The word khair, right? Meaning good, right? There's lots of words for good in Arabic, but and they all kind of have their own nuances. But if something is khair, 
you, you don't say that someone's like khair at playing football. Like that's you, you don't use khair as like an adjective like that. The, the term khair kind of has built into it like a moral good. If you're talking about al khair, you're talking about the moral concept of the good, right? Good, okay, yeah. So someone so Jazakallah Khair um Khalifa, yeah, for putting the ayah, yeah, sorry. So that's what I was thinking. There's a hatta in there. I forgot about the hatta. So yeah, Fantanaqa Hatta Ida Ataya Ahla Karriatin Istatama. Really nice. Jazakallah Khairan. I really appreciate that. So um yeah, so I was saying with with this verb. So 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 when you pray Salatul Istikhara, you are seeking the khair. But we know that's what it means, right? That's why people pray Salatul Istikhara. But like, I'd never really thought about actually what the root letters of that are and the fact that they're the same root letters of the word Khair. I hadn't actually thought about that before, even though like, you know, I have, I've got an Arabic language degree and I've been teaching this. You know, I've probably taught Form 10s, I don't know, 30 times in my life <laughs> at least. You know, and I'd, I'd never actually thought about that word that we say regularly and how it's in the particular pattern and what its particular root letters are which I thought was pretty interesting. So we talked about a hollow verb, right? A verb with an elif in the middle and, uh, and how it behaves in the, um, in the form 10. So I thought it would be useful for us to look at a final weak verb or a fi'al naqis um, that ends up being translated as defective, by the way. Like if you ever need to search using English how to use defective verbs or final weak verbs, we often use some defective for them. So um, the, the verb I thought we'd use is another one that's used in the Qur'an, we, actually actually with the Prophet Musa salam, as well, is the verb istasqa, istasqa, present tense, yastasqi, right? Once again, like the, the alif maqsura in the past becomes an, um, a ya in the present, simply dictated by the kasara on the ayn letter, right? It'd be yastafilu in just a strong pattern. So istasqa, yastasqi. Right, because of the kasara on that on that ayn. So it's very predictable. Like the way that these hollow verbs and final weak verbs behave in um in the derived forms of verbs are really predictable just based on what vowels are, are, are surrounding those particular letters. So um yeah, so obviously we have that ayah when um, when when Musa alayhi salam he he seeks the rain for his people, right? We have Right in Surah Al-Baqarah we have. So um, and when istasqa, um, yeah, Musa seeks the saqiya, right? The 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 verb actually saqiya yasqi, I think it is in the form one, is literally just to water, right? But you 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 could use that even for like watering animals. We we don't tend to water humans, do we? Like. A, if I give my son a drink, I don't say, like, I watered him. We might do it as a joke, but, like, we tend to say the verb shariba, right? We tend to say drinking, right, with humans. But um, I remember there's this um, this line at the beginning of that um, that Omar series in Arabic. I think one of the Bedouins comes over to um, the, the character who's playing Omar, radiallahu anhu, and, and says, هَلْ نَسْقِي مِنْ مَائِكُمْ أَيُّهَا الْفَتَى He says, هَلْ نَسْقِي Can we نَسْقِي Can we water مِنْ مَائِكُمْ From your water Oh, like young lad or whatever. So it uses the actual, that actual, that root. But when you do istasqa, you are seeking the water, right? And and by extension, seeking the rain. Um, I mean, there, there's another term, matar, which is actually for rain, but the verb isn't istamtara. That, that's not the verb that's being used here. I guess there's a difference between seeking rain and seeking the water. Like, just seeking rain doesn't necessarily benefit you. It's the water that benefits you, right? Like, uh, it's the being able to water yourself and your plants and your animals from the rain, which is the point, right? I suppose there's more precision in the actual 
a benefit you'll get from the rain when you say istasqa rather than istamtara, right? I've never even heard the verb istamtara. Like we tend to use the, um, you know, we, we tend to use the word istasqa. Um, uh, you said, yeah, fetah. So fetah just means a boy, right? Um, yeah, there is a feminine version of it as well, fetat. Um, but ayyuhal fetah is, um, yeah, is a little bit like saying sheb. It's a little bit like saying a, like a, a young lad, like that. Yeah. Cool. But if you go to the very first episode of the Omar series, it'll be one of the first things that a character says to the, says to the character of Omar. Um, yeah, he comes on a horse and, um, and Omar is um, sort of looking after sheep or camels or whatever. And I'm pretty sure that's how he words it. Hel nasqi min ma'ikum and he even uses the plural when referring to Omar, like out of respect. Um, good, so that's a little bit about the verb istasqa, yastasqi. And then obviously as well, just like we have salatul istikharati, we also have salatul istisqai, right? Al istisqa is the salah of seeking the rain, right? Like if, if you need rain, you've had a drought or whatever, and you do the salah of seeking the rain, that's, um, that's how we get istisqa from as well. Um, the last one in this little series that I just want to talk about just for this video, because we've done four verbs so far, four verbs so far, um, is the verb istakibara. So obviously, most of us, even if we're beginners, probably are familiar with the word kabiron, right? Our adjective kabir. What does kabir mean? It means big, right? It's a very, very common adjective, right? It's in step one of the Arabic in 60 steps program. Kabir. Um... And uh, there's even a verb, kabura, which means to grow or to get bigger. So if you do istakbara, it's not to seek something being big, it's to consider yourself big, right? So um, it's to do with being arrogant, right? Um, cool, a little example that's come up. Aba wastakbar. I'm not sure where that is. I know adbar wastakbar, um, but to give me a reference for that, for the other students as well. But I know in um, Surat al-Mudathir, um, there, there's an ayah which is... Um, Adbar wastakbar. Adbar here means like to turn their back, turn their back on it. Wastakbar. And and he considered himself big or was arrogant about something. Istakibara, to consider one's self big. The, the term istikbar as well, the, the mustar, I believe is used in Surat Nuh. If it sounds in my head like it's um istikbara. It sounds like that would fit somewhere in the in the rhyming qafia pattern in Surah Nuh. But you can investigate that yourselves, inshallah. But that's where we get the term istakibara. That's a really interesting one, actually, because um, even the form two from it, right? Kabura is a form one verb, meaning to grow or to get bigger. But um, the form two, kabara, meaning to make something big or to acknowledge something as big. Kabara, literally the verb kabara means to say Allahu Akbar. Right? That's that's literally what it means. And it's it's the mustard of the film form two, Kabbara, where we get the word takbir. Takbir meaning, you know, the saying of Allahu Akbar. Um Yeah. Cool. That's about it. Um so we've done five of those verbs with some useful examples. Um and yeah, we talked a little bit about obviously where we get these verbs from as well. So what we'll do is for the next, I don't know, eight minutes or whatever, I'll open it up to you guys, inshallah, for you guys to ask any questions that you have at all. And if you don't have any questions, then we'll just have a conversation about whatever you like. So I'll see if I've missed any. I, tr I tried to acknowledge some points as they came. Um, Jazakum Allah khairan, all of you helped out uh, with any references to stuff. Um, 
Jubair wa alaykum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Jazakallah khairan for coming to hang out with me today. I was told by YouTube that I can have super chats on, but I don't know how to do that. But I don't know if I've got enough people really here for us to do super chats. I don't know. Can you talk, um, please talk about Tilka and Velika? Tilka and Velika, the only difference is one of gender. Um, Velika just means that in the masculine and Tilka means that in the feminine. So, for example, Allah says in the Quran, Velika al-kitabu la raiba fihi. He says, ذَلِكَ الْكِتَابُ Kitab is masculine, right? So we say, ذَلِكَ kitab. That is the book, لَا رَيْبَ There is no doubt, فِيهِ in it. There is no doubt in it. But you'd say, tilka, if we were talking about a, a girl, right? تِلْكَ bintu. That is the girl. Um, okay, cool. So I hope that answers your question, by the way. Um... Uh, big greetings from Turkey. Yeah, thank you for being here. Um, any recommendations for me to immerse in Arabic? Um, um, well, immersion is something quite hard to um, to achieve outside of the Arab world. Although it might not be for Turkey because you've got loads of Arabs in your country. Um... um yeah, I'm not really sure. Let me think about it. I mean, to, to be honest, what I do is actually there's a resource that I really like called Arabic Workshop. Um, just check it out, ArabicWorkshop.com. Check it out, inshallah. They do a free they do a free version of their of their products and stuff, and that's a really good way to kind of um, immerse yourself actually in Fusha. They've got such a good team, honestly. Like, if they were hiring, I'd want to work for them full time. Like, if if Arabic Workshop were doing that, I'd love to work. If they were hiring, I'd love to work for them. Um, yeah, they're just a great company, really. Um, they offer a really, really good product. They just have an entire, like, huge listening library of resources that you can you can really immerse yourself in. They've got, um, they have this thing where, like, you can watch a whiteboard animation for a certain topic, whether it be about, you know, finding your passport or visiting the pyramids or going traveling or having an argument with your family or going to school. Like, all, all, like hundreds of topics and stuff that, they, that you can immerse yourself in. So you can actually watch a whiteboard animation and then you can go to the vocabulary builder and they have like, um, you can listen to it only and you can use your eyes for just looking at the vocab as you go. So it's arabicworkshop.com, arabicworkshop.com, all one word, arabicworkshop.com. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also I can give you a coupon code as well, actually, to get a discount as well. Type in um, at checkout, if you do use their yearly plan or their lifetime plan, I believe it's Arabic with Sam, 10 yearly or 10 lifetime Try those, inshallah, because I think I can get you 10% off. Um, but if that doesn't work, try that. Arabic with Sam, 10 yearly or 10 lifetime, depending on which plan you're going for. Um, I think I can get you 10% off. If that doesn't work, though, let me know and I'll, I'll, I'll hook you up if you do want to use their paid version. Cool, what else have we got? Uh, please explain the use of ma and mother. 
Generally, we use ma if an ism is following it, generally. So, for example, I might say ma ra'yuka, what, what's your opinion? Ma hadha, what is this? But we'd say ma if there's a fi'l or a verb after it. Ma hadha taf'alu al-yawm, what are you doing today? Ma hadha akalta al-yawma, what did you eat today? Stuff like that. Why don't you add more stuff in my Arabic world? Well, we have some moments to be adding soon. Um, yeah, we have four more to add soon, inshallah. But um, ju just because, um, yeah, that, that's a good question, really. I mean, with, with me just being one person, um, there's certain things that need to be done before it, really. That's all. Um, um, so specifically, Quranic Arabic stuff. Like, See, like the, the, the idea behind my Arabic world is... Um, the idea behind my Arabic world is really not to impose an idea of what we think Arabic should be like. Like certainly in my teaching, there's always an there's always an inclination to say, look, that, that's kind of Aramiya and that's separate to Arabic, and um, we we focus on fushaf for literature and the Quran and stuff. But the philosophy behind my Arabic world was sort of the opposite of that. It was like we're just going to take Arabic videos, and then we're just going to unpack them for you. We're not going to judge the Arabic, right? It's like because because something that something that we learn throughout building my Arabic world is that actual used Arabic in the real world, the way Arabs use it, doesn't really care about this like fusha amiya divide. Like a lot of the time, especially like political speeches and stuff, people will start out in fusha um, and, and and then like will decline into amiya as they go along as things get more casual and stuff. But um, yeah, um, so... So what we found is that actual spoken fushat is actually quite hard to come by. Um, yeah, um, so that, that's just me rambling a little bit about the answer. Um, okay, so we've got a few questions come in. Okay, so the first one from Elliot. Thank you very much for visiting the YouTube channel. Um, so firstly, um, what would you suggest for learning vocabulary? So what works best for me? Well, firstly, like... Firstly, when it comes to learning vocab, I'm a real Puritan in that, like, I don't, my, my default is that I don't really subscribe to vocab lists and flashcards, right? Like, I believe in seeing words in their context and learning grammar and vocabulary and, and stuff all, all at once. Like, I'll have, like, a passage and I'll just unpack it, right? And I'll learn my vocab in context, my grammar in context. So that's just how I like to do things. But, but having said that, that's, that's time consuming and that's not accessible for everybody. So if you are going to make vocab lists and flashcards, what I recommend you do is learn in, um, learn in topic clusters, right? So like rather than learning 10 verbs and 10 nouns or whatever, learn 20 words around politics, and think about how you might use them in actual conversation. Like I'm, I'm a real believer in really like using your mind to, to put yourself in the scenario where you'd use it and create phrases out of using some of those words to do with politics. And think about yourself actually doing them. Like there's, there's some really cool stuff, like some powerful, some powerful stuff, but actually really using your mind to, to convince yourself subconsciously that that you are saying these things fluently. Right? And I do a lot of that. Right? Like in the languages that I learn. Like I, like there, there was a question about about um you know about me learning turkish a second ago like, i love languages of the muslim world like i just i love the ummah of muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the language is just beautiful like the languages that exist in our ummah are just absolutely beautiful like my latest little passion at the moment i'll show you so little surprise little gift i bought myself this arrived in the post today bengali right like, I'd absolutely love to learn bangla like i'm down a bit of a rabbit hole of like bangla versus sility and stuff at the moment and um yeah, so 
so yeah so I, I generally just love love languages of the muslim world but but when i'm studying even those i don't tend to make vocab lists i tend to like to just see something in context and um you know and, and pick it apart like that but um but when i was at university like i had a demand to learn more vocab than that like sometimes we'd have to learn two or three hundred words a week and stuff and when you're doing that kind of volume you just use everything you can. It's just a fire hose approach at that point. It's just anything that works, let's just do it. And it's it's not about ideal situations at that point. Uh, cool. Uh, what was next? Um, uh, you pronounced Turkish words so grammatically correct. Oh, thank you very much. Teşekkür ederim. Um, I've been to Turkey. No, I've never been to Turkey. I would love to, though. I'd absolutely love to go to Turkey. I've always felt... I feel a little bit of an affinity with our brothers um, from the Balkans and from Turkey, because I get mistaken as being one of you sometimes. I think I just look like a bog-standard white dude, but like, often in the masjid, if there's Albanians or Turks or Bosnians, sometimes they mistake me as one of them. Sometimes people come over to me and they speak a bit of their language to me and stuff. And I don't, I don't really know why. Like, I, to some people I don't look, I don't look white enough. Um, yeah, so just because of that, I feel a bit of an affinity with their people. I feel I could learn their language and maybe settle in their country and stuff and be treated like one of them to, to some degree. Um, but anyway, where, where are we? Uh, where are we? Okay, so we have the question, do you think studying the Qur'an will make me good at modern standard Arabic? I, I live in an Iraqi household, so I know the Iraqi dialect. Okay, so it's a really good idea just to build your relationship with the Qur'an regularly firstly there's just edged in it like that's just that's just the obvious one right but like i just noticed like i've had 600 students now in the arabic in 60 steps program and there's a clear difference between those who have a regular relationship with the quran and those who don't like if you're reading the quran regularly and actually i don't just mean reciting it i mean actually thinking about what it means and trying to piece together why something is majrur and why is this mansub and how is it how is it expressing itself being morfur and oh is this the fa'il of this fa'il and actually trying to piece it together Students who actually engage with that to some degree, when they go through any kind of program, they've already got like tons of examples in their head from it. So, um, you know, now like my students on my exclusive program, they're constantly messaging me. They're like, oh, I just came across it. Is this a form 10 verb? I'm like, hell yeah. They're like, you know, is this a form 8 verb? You're damn right it is. Yeah, like it's having a regular relation with the Quran will, will, make, will make so many connections just in your brain between vocab and grammar that you learn. So it's... It's such a good idea for so many ways to to improve to improve that. So, um, oh yeah. So sorry, I missed um, Jubair. Sorry, I missed your question. Um, say something about laysa and ma. Okay, we use ma. Ma has about ten different uses, right? But I'm assuming because you've talked about it with laysa, you're talking about it in in regards to verbs. Ma is the way that we make past tense verbs negative. So, for example, Allah says in the Quran, ma khalaqtu jinna wal ins illa liyabudun. He says ma khalaqtu. I did not create, right? with ma, that that's not like, there are some times in the Qur'an when Allah uses ma with a present tense verb, so I'm not saying it's wrong to do it otherwise, but ma is usually used like that. Laysa is a verb in itself, which means to not be. Something that confuses students about the verb laysa is that um, firstly it is hollow, right, it acts like a hollow verb, so for example, laysa, he did not, he was not, layset, she was not, and then lesta, and lesti and lestu, I was not. And laser is also from kana wa akhawatuha, so the the um, the khabar will be monsoob. What I mean by that is usually the adjective after it. So, for example, if I'm going to say, I am not tall, for example, lestu tawilan. I can't say lestu tawilun, right? I need to say tawilan because it's monsoob. 
Um, I mean, you asked me to talk about it, so I just talked about it. I don't, I don't know how to be more specific um, than that. Uh, cool. So I don't know if some students have... Um... So, okay, so... Um... So inna does mean indeed, but I'm not sure if if um, if they meant inna or if they meant an, um, because n is a really useful word. Um, we learn it in step 12 on the Arabic in 60 steps program, along with lan and hatta and k and, and and words like that. And it will put the verb after it. It will make the verb after it monsoor, but it means that. Okay, so like if you want to say I want to learn, right? You'd say uridu an atallama, and we need to say atallama because the n makes it monsoor, right? So we need to have a fatha on the end. Um, and that's so. So what Arabic's doing there is it's saying, "I want that I learn," and that's how Arabic makes the meaning of "I want to learn." So it's very, very useful to have have n if that's what you meant. Um, but if you did mean inna, then um, um, yeah. If you did mean inna, then it does mean indeed. You should definitely try learning Ottoman Turkish. I mean, it sounds hard. Sounds difficult. Well, I, I know the Arabic script already, obviously. So, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, a, like my dream would be to have a separate YouTube channel where we just do like languages of the Muslim world. Uh, that would be that, that. That would be amazing. I'd absolutely love that. And I'd just do videos every day. We'd have like, you know, Monday. Mm, what language begins with an M from the Muslim world? Tuesday Turkish. Ooh. Wednesday Urdu, Thursday, Bangla, Saturday Sileti, Sunday, Monday Malay, so we learn Malay on Mondays, Tuesday Turkish, forget about Wednesday, we do Urdu on Wednesday, um, Thursday, something else and we just do different languages of the muslim world throughout, throughout the whole week that'd be amazing Love that. <laughs> and albanian here confirms this well thank you very much um albanian is actually a fascinating language i just watched the lang focus um like language profile on albanian recently that's a language i'd love to spend a bit more time on the word for Albanian in Albanian sounds nothing like Albanian either. Albanian is a language isolate. It's not actually closely related to any of its neighbouring languages. And it's one which, um, you know, it's one which uh, which I'd love to spend some time on. What else have we got? I'm going to need to go in a second, guys. Um, I think that's it, isn't it? Oh, yes, a very important question here, mashallah. How to grow a beard? Well, I'm afraid there's nothing active about it. For me, I started growing my beard when I was about when I was 19. Right, so I was at university when I was 18. For the first year, I used to shave my beard. I don't really know why. I don't know if any, I don't remember anyone coming up to me and being like, Sam, why are you shaving your beard? I don't remember anyone doing that. I think I think it was just a habit that I had from growing up when I was like, you know, 13 or 14 or whatever. And um, yeah, and I do remember like looking in the mirror one day and being like, Sam, why why do you look like a child, mate? <laughs> you should probably let your beard grow out. So, um, so yeah, I've had a beard since I was 19, but it doesn't grow any longer than this. This is the longest it ever gets. Um, yeah, it doesn't grow any longer than this. 
Um, some people get these, mashallah, big beards that cover their chest and stuff. But you know, Allah hasn't um, Allah hasn't blessed me in that that particular way as of yet. But um, but there are some people who sell those little roller things with little spikes and stuff that kind of stimulate the skin to help grow a thicker beard and stuff. I've, I can't I can't verify those. I don't, I don't know how how successful they are, but um, I know that those are a thing. Um. No, I don't speak any Persian or any Turkish. Um, no, sorry, no, I don't know any Persian um, or any Ottoman Turkish. Um, yeah, there's a um, shout out to, um, there's a juice bar that's sort of in my kind of area of London called Saffron. And that's run by Persians. And um, yeah, I've tried to, because um, sometimes I, sh I give them a shout out on my Instagram. When I go there, I take a picture of the juices and stuff that I get from there. And um, I try to say like little things to them in... Um, you know, just try to say little things to them in Persian, but I don't know any. I don't know any Farsi at all. It's all just like Google Translate or something that I find in a forum on online or whatever. Um, do we have Somali there? Someone said something about Somali, because I absolutely love Somali. Yeah, Somali is kind of... Um, Somali is like a second passion of mine after Arabic, really. Like, hence, like, I've got a whole other YouTube channel, the Sam of Somalia channel. I've not made a video on there in, like, months, maybe years now. But um, that was kind of one of the first things I ever did on YouTube. And, um, you know, I love the Somali language. It, 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 it would make sense at some time soon, inshallah, to bring it all into one YouTube channel. I like have a separate channel for me to me to play around with all of these languages and stuff, because um, we'll just have a big nerd out about the languages of the Muslim world. I think that would be, be amazing. Who's going to subscribe? Any of you guys going to subscribe, going to support me in that? Because that would be cool. Right. Right, guys, let's leave it there, inshallah. I've already gone over like 10 minutes longer than what I promised myself to do. Um, um, okay, just one more thing from Jubayr. I'll go, inshallah. If you learn Bengali, I would recommend you learn Bengali of India, as in of Calcutta, because that's the standard um, instead of Bengali from Bangladesh. So um, I, I'm anticipating there to be languages. Um, I'm expecting there to be dialects, right? And look, Bangladesh has a, um, okay. Okay, yeah, thank you. Right, that's, yeah. That's good advice that I'll think about, right? Like at my stage, I'm such a beginner that for me, I'm just gonna get this book and I'm just gonna finish it, right? But before I confuse myself about different dialects or anything at all, I'm just gonna get a book, I'm gonna finish it. Right, and then I'll see how I am at the end of it. I'm trying to find a teacher as well, by the way. Um, anyone in London, um, and I'll pay, obviously. Um, so, but I'd like to find a teacher. Or if there's anyone who's not a teacher, but you're a native speaker of Bangla, and you'd help me with this book, then that'd be really cool as well. Um, yeah, I'd absolutely love to do that. Um, and we'll see how my Bangla gets on. Um, because I, I know, like recently, I had a conversation with a, a, a new friend of mine, a guy who um, kind of promotes Sileti a lot. Um, because Sileti is actually a different language to Bangla. It's something that I've, I'm only uncovering this now. Like here in the UK, most of our Bangladeshis are Siletis, right? Most of them speak Sileti. But like my whole life, when I've been talking to Siletis and I've been telling them like one day I'll learn some Bangla, they never corrected me once. Like they never told me, like that's really cool, learn Bangla, but we speak Sileti. And it's a bit, and it's pretty different, right? It's like, it is a different language. It's not just a different dialect. And it's even like, it's even shocking to me that even Siletis, they'll call Bangla Shuddha Basha. They use the term Shuddha, which literally means like correct, right? 
So like, it's it's like, you know, the, the term in, in and of itself is almost oppressive, right? It's almost oppressive, the term itself, shuddo, to call it, because it has an implication that sileti is not shuddo, but sileti is shuddo in its own way, right? Anyway, we have rambled on plenty, but I think it's been a good live today. Um, thank you all so much for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure to get to hang out with you guys for a little while. So um, we'll do this tomorrow as well, guys. So come back tomorrow, about half past five UK time, and we'll do another one. We'll do another five form 10 verbs. We'll have more opportunities to have a little chat as well. Um, yeah. Cool. Okay. Thank you so much for your contributions. May Allah bless you guys. Um, Assalamu alaikum. Wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.